Hey everyone, and thank you for joining us today at I-80 Sports. With a lot of player hype, new rookies around the league, veterans are being forgotten in the shuffle. Today at I-80 Sports, we're bringing you some players not to forget about during the 2021-2022 NFL season. Steve's taking a little day break, but we got Rob and Jeremy. Rob, why don't you let us know a little bit about yourself and where we can find you? Yeah, so I'm Rob Norton. Uh, you guys can find me at Norton0723. Um, I write for Last Word on Sports, so you can find my stuff over there. Absolutely. And Jeremy. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on first. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter at PopesFFH. And uh, you can find some of my writing work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, as well as Yards Per. Um, you can find a little bit of stuff also at the Dynasty Mafia. Absolutely. I couldn't think of two better guests to have on. Everyone who knows me, everyone who subscribes to the channel, knows I'm the fast talker. My brain works a little chaotically. And I always love working with Rob, especially because he kind of brings everything back down. And Jeremy's going to be the nice uh, <laughs> evening out force today. So I think we have a, a good trifecta here to bring some good fantasy content let's get into it there's a lot of guys who are being forgotten about right now for fantasy football for all types of reasons there could be shiny new toys in town or just guys we forget because we're too busy talking about rookies nonstop right after the nfl draft but i know one guy and i'll start it off who is being forgotten about who's being slept on again this season it's kind of the post hype sleeper of the year clyde edwards hilaire running back from the kansas city chiefs Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was going running back five in 2020 as a rookie in an Andy Reid system, and all for good reason. History was on his side. He was the highly coveted fantasy rookie prospect, and he finished as running back 22.5 PPR. He killed a lot of people's seasons, averaging just 12.2 fantasy points per game. However, he did have 4.4 yards per attempt in five total touchdowns, had only 181 of the team's 403 rushing attempts. That's only 44.9%. Did add 54 targets, 36 attempt, uh, receptions, 8.3 yards per, shep, per reception. That looks pretty good to me, guys. What are you guys thinking about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this season? You want to you wanna jump in, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, I, I like Clyde. I actually was uh, just talking about him earlier on my own podcast, and I think that I, I agree. I think Clyde's just kind of getting slept on. I think that he's firmly in that wide re- or in running back two situation. Um, I think that he has water or running back one. I don't keep a lot running back one upside. However, I just think that he got injured last year and then they added bell and they added Darwin Thompson. And it's just kind of like, I don't know if he ever got healthy. And I think Andy Reid just wanted to use kind of that combination of the running backs just because that was what was working the hot hand. He was feeding the hot hand and Darwin Thompson kind of got a little hot there, but Clyde produced a lot on the ground. He just didn't have the touchdowns. So absolutely. So I was looking at his stats and just kind of projecting forward because there were a lot of changes. Le'Veon Bell is out that 63 carries, 13 receptions vacated that enough right there is enough for him to take a small step forward. But when you look at the, the weapons they got, particularly on the offensive line, Thune from New England, Kyle Long from the 49ers. They also got Blythe from the Rams now playing at center. They drafted Creed Humphreys in the second round and everyone said, Hey, look, they're protecting Mahomes. Hey, look, they're protecting Mahomes. Hey, look, they're protecting Mahomes. Well, what about the guy carrying the ball? That's going to have a positive effect on what he does, too. I like to stat players out, and I did a conservative Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, stat out for the season. Let's say his attempts go up about 40. 
220 carries, yards per carry, 4.7, somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1,034 yards. Let's say seven touchdowns, 139.4 fantasy points. Receptions, let's say they stay about the same. 40 receptions, 8.5 yards each, three touchdowns. It's 340 yards, 72 fantasy points. 211.4 fantasy total points is what I'm giving him as a conservative estimate for next season, which would land him running back nine in 2020, currently going as running back 21 at the back end of a running back two. For me, that's just too low. For me, that's just too low, and I'll be taking him quite a bit this offseason if he's falling to that fifth or sixth round. No, that's crazy. I mean, that's that's good stuff that you brought up there. And, and don't forget about Orlando Brown that they got from the Ravens, too. You know what I mean? that's He's a run blocker. I think I, I agree. I think it was a protecting Mahomes, but also to help that run game. So Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree with you guys. I'm sure you guys <laughs> hit it right on the head. I think um, I, I do agree that the uh, the injuries, honestly, were probably the biggest. You have a rookie that's getting banged up like that. I mean, you're not going to um, wear them down like that. And you have other guys that can come in and do the job too. So like Jeremy said, you know, Andy Reid was just rolling with what was working at the time. So I, I do expect uh, his workload to go up a bit more and with him being more healthy. <laughs> Kevin saying, oh man, bringing in the big guns with Robin, Jeremy. That's what we do at IED Sports. Hey, look, I'm wearing the He's too nice. better t-shirt for a reason. This is what we're doing. We're getting ready. We're prepping right now for the 2021 season. Hey, we're just missing Kevin as the big guns. That's who we're missing. <laughs> he was too busy. Ah, I'm, I'm going to pretend no one else responded when I asked him. So that, that's <laughs> very selective process. If you said yes, you're on the show. <laughs> Rob, we did bring you on and you have a great pick that I want to talk about next. So why don't you go and take this over? Rob, that is you. Okay. Yeah. My, uh, my first guy is going to be DJ Moore. Um, so DJ Moore is a guy that I've, I've loved since he's come into the league. And in my opinion, I mean, all he's done is really produce. Um, you know, especially given his situation, you look back at 2019, he uh, had a stat line of 87 catches, 1175 yards and four touchdowns. He was the wide receiver 16 in full PPR last year, 66 catches took a step back when with Anderson taking more of the low eight out role. Um, but he still had 1193 yards and four touchdowns finishing wide receiver 25. Um, According to fantasy football calculator right now, he's going as wide receiver 27. And that's just too low to me because, you know, we've seen him produce in both type of roles. So we know he can do it either either way. Um, there is a little bit of uncertainty with the quarterback, but I mean, look at the quarterbacks he's played with so far in his career. So I'm not too worried about that. And, uh, you know, this guy's had over 200 catches, over 3,000 yards before he turned 24. So, you know, anytime I'm going to be able to grab him in the in the fifth, sixth round, I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. Absolutely. When we look at this depth chart, it's kind of him and Robbie Anderson, and we know mm-hmm. who's playing what role. And it looks like DJ Moore is going to be a further down the field target. But with Sam Darnold, who the heck knows? Or PJ Walker or Will Greer? I don't know who they're going to trot <laughs> out there. I assume it's going to be Sam Darnold, right? Jeremy, is he going to get the first shot? Yeah, I agree. I think it's got to be Darnold. I think that they they added his option. They also traded for him, and they felt enough to get rid of Bridgewater, who was their starter last year. Um, I think that Darnold got an unfair shake there in New York. I don't think – I'm not saying he's all of a sudden going to be this great quarterback, but I think that he's a viable quarterback, and he has great upside. I think that it just – it was whether it was poor coaching or just the talent around him in New York that kind of, I don't know, soured him 
But I think just they added a lot to those that weapons core. CMC's back. They're going to have Chubba Hubbard back there. They added Terrace Marshall, Cy Smith, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. I mean, the sky's the limit. If Darnold can't produce with this, I mean, then they have every right to move on to P.J. Walker and should be looking at Spencer Rattler or Howell next year. Oh, for Very sure. interesting. Will Greer on that depth chart is someone that we haven't talked a lot about, but he was yeah. one of the favorite quarterbacks coming out. Like Everyone was kind of eyeing him as... This guy might be a starter in the NFL one day, so I, I wouldn't sleep too hard on him either. But when you look at you know Christian McCaffrey, Reggie Bonifon, Chubba Hubbard, it kind of makes you think you know what they want to do with the football next year. But DJ Moore will certainly be the beneficiary in a uh, not a very crowded wide receiver room. So I, I like it. He has the opportunity, and, and he's going in a spot where you're getting value. And what I love is that no one except us is talking about him. Right. I really do. I think DJ Moore is a good pick. I think I, you don't hear too much about him kind of like out in the Twitter sphere or even on podcasts. I mean, everybody thinks he's like decent, but like, I think, I think he's a good, like you said at that value, he has way higher upside. I love it. Now, Jeremy, I am going to be a little uh, over uh, judging on you today because <laughs> they call me the tight end whisperer because I always nail this position. I always just lock it in, lock it down. You have a tight end coming for us, so who do you have that you're high on that no one's talking about? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Mark Andrews. I think that not enough is being talked about Mark Andrews. There's still the normal like Mark Andrews truthers and kind of like just everybody out there, but like I think everybody's so soured from Lamar Jackson, but everybody forgets. I mean, Mark Andrews is firmly and should be firmly your tight end four, in my opinion. I know he's going a little bit later. Everybody's on the Hawkinson train and the Noah Fant train and the Kyle Pitts train. But Mark Andrews is still only 24. He finished as the tight end six last year in 13 games. He finished tight end four on a per game basis of 12.6 points in PPR leagues. And it was just, he was the only option in that offense. So now adding Bateman and Tylen Wallace and Sammy Watkins to that receiver core, I think it's going to be able to create a little bit less of a mismatch. And I think you're going to see the increase of their 42% passing ratio for the last couple of years increase this year i think they're going to be a little closer to that 50 50 range um because i think they do want to pass the ball they just never had weapons really for lamar to throw the ball to i mean if you had the option to throw to miles boykin and willie sneed i think i'd turn around and hand it off to uh either lamar jk dobbins or gus edwards or mark ingram at the time so i just think that if we look back at 2019 he had 37 they had 37 passing touchdowns in the red zone so that's 64% of their touchdown production. So once they get into the red zone, they're looking for Mark Andrews, who also had 14 red zone targets, which was double of any t- player last year on the Ravens. So he's just a touchdown, a little bit touchdown dependent, but he, to me, I feel like too many people are on that Pitts, Hawkinson, Fant train and no, and Mark Andrews is falling. I think I got him in a startup in like the seventh round, you know what I mean? In tight end yeah, premium. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, he's just falling so far that everybody's just so high on these young guys. And I think that, he still should be the tight end four in dynasty in my yeah he he was the number four in average points per game over last season being behind only kelsey waller and kittle of course he did miss uh two games he missed two games and uh that kind of yeah, bring hit brought three. his average down to five i like him over hawkinson i like him over tanyan i like kelsey and waller that those are the two guys that i'm taking over uh Mark Andrews during this season. And if we look at the ADP, I'm going to pull that up right now by position. You have Kelsey, Kittle, Waller. Waller going 24th overall. You don't have Mark Andrews again until pick 
50. Pick 50 at the end of the fourth round. So if you are looking at tight ends, and I usually go running back, running back, maybe wide receiver, tight end, and see what I can do from there. When everyone else is getting their quarterbacks, and you're grabbing uh, Darren Waller, you're looking good. Uh, Mark Andrews, you're looking good. Darren Waller would be a great one too, but I guess we're talking about Mark Andrews. He'd be a little earlier, but yeah. you know. <laughs> probably not talking enough about him either, though. Honestly, everybody's too enough. high on Kyle I, I, Pitts at the moment. That's all that everybody's talking about. It is. True. It is That's about true. picks in the moment, and it's about these breakout tight ends. And the one thing I say about tight ends that makes them easy to predict is don't predict a breakout and you're safe. <laughs> like, like that's how you win the tight end battle. Yeah. Like people take incremental steps and that's why it's frustrating year after year. And if you can get one of these guys who's been good for two years already, still on the right side of 30, still has room in an offense to grow, you're landing Mark Andrews and he's going to take you to a fantasy championship this season. Hopefully. I have him in a couple <laughs> spots, so I'm believing bold, bold takes on a, on a Tuesday afternoon. Okay, let's <laughs> jump into uh, my second pick. And this is more of a speculative ad from someone who's deep. I wanted like someone near the hot, near the top and someone near the bottom. Someone near the bottom of drafts that's going way too low. Tariq Cohen. He was a fantasy darling just two years ago, and now no one's talking about him at all. He broke out during the 2018, 2018 season with 1,169 total yards and eight touchdowns. That includes 91 targets and 71 receptions. Since that year, his production didn't... Well, his production did go down, but it was tied directly to the quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, whose production went down. In 2021, Bears will have some combination of Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, and this offense should just be flat out better. He's currently sitting at running back 54 in redraft, 25 years old, former star. I love Montgomery, but Tariq Cohen is the perfect change of pace to tie right in with him. He could easily get in that 50 to 60 target range again, which would easily pay back what you paid for him. He's got a huge ceiling. I see him lining up all over the field, not only necessarily in the backfield. He's lined up as a wide receiver in the past before. And this Bears offense is going to be better. I don't know how much better. They're going to be better. Um, He's like guaranteed to be a a good buy candidate in 2021. And I really want to know what you guys think about Tariq Cohen on the Bears. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm torn. Um, I generally always preach... Uh, injury pessimism. Let someone else, you know, be the uh, guy taking the guy coming back from injury. It works more often than not. But I mean, at that price, it's no downside, all upside. So um, I'm torn on it. Um, he's part of the reason why I'm Montgomery because Montgomery's production, I mean, skyrocketed once he went down. Um, he wasn't getting, you know, a ton of the pass work. And then all of a sudden, as soon as Cohen goes down, he's getting, you know, a huge snap count. Um, all the all the past work, and he had that amazing schedule. So he's he's his return is part of the reason why um, I'm down on Montgomery. But yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm torn. But at that price, I I mean, it's really only upsides. So I I don't mind taking him that late. He's basically free at that point. And you talked about the great schedule that he had over the second that David Montgomery had over the second half of last season when Tariq Cohen was missing with the torn ACL. But Vikings are still in the division. Lions are still in the division. Green Bay is still yeah. in the division. So, I mean, th- those are five of those six bust-out games were in division. The schedule is not going to change, and they're going to see those teams again another six times in 2021. So I, I, I do understand the pessimism or, or the uh, the hesitance, but at a guy for free, I mean, we're talking about a guy yeah. who had, what I say, uh, 1,169 all-purpose yards and eight total touchdowns just two years ago. Yeah, for sure. 
for sure. Like you said, it's all upside. And that's like, I mean, so you're, he's going, you have him. Yeah. You have him the same. I have DLF. So is he at right? 159. Did you say that's where in a startup dynasty DLF has him? Yeah, I have him. Uh, well, I, I'm not doing, uh, but I basically, all I just want to say is like, he's around guys like Elijah Mitchell, JD McKissick, Philip Lindsay, like guys that are, I mean, they're all just really dart throws. And I mean, you're going to go with a guy at Tariq Cohen that has, like you said, produced a thousand yards in an offense that has always used him and Montgomery as like a two headed monster. So I think as long as he hasn't lost a step from that ACL, I agree at that point, I'm taking Tariq Cohen over say Elijah Mitchell or Devin Singletary or like JD McKissick or Philip Lindsay. You know what I mean? I, I like that. I love that. And I think that he has a, Good shit. He is the most upside there of any of those guys that's in that group. Yeah, in redraft, agreed. I currently have him between San Francisco defense and Irv Smith Jr. So that's the that that's where that's where you're picking him up there. So um, lots of good stuff there. Let's move on to uh, Rob. Rob, your second pick is someone I I have no idea. I have no idea. So talk <laughs> me into it. Sell me. Okay. So it's another guy that I've been a fan of for a while, and he but this guy on the other hand, has taken a while to break out, and that was Corey Davis. Um, Corey Davis last year finally, finally had a breakout year. Um, you know, he produced 65 catches, 984 yards, and five touchdowns, and he was the wide receiver 30 overall on total points for full PP, uh, despite missing a couple games. And But the thing I like about him is that if you look under the hood, the his metrics were even better. He was sixth among all qualified receivers in yards per route run. And he was eighth in PFF receiving grade. Um, so, you know, obviously now he's over in New York. So, I mean, there's a little concern about, you know, what what is his role in a new system with a new coach? Um, can he actually be a, you know, an alpha? Um, you know, we've seen that he hasn't been all that heading into this point. Um, but, you know, maybe he's just a late bloomer. Um, but, you know, now that he's in New York, I think he has a much better shot at at commanding an alpha share than if he was stay in Tennessee with A.J. Brown. Because, I mean, A.J. Brown, he's the man. So um, over in New York, I think uh, Corey Davis has a shot to really uh, command some targets. And, you know, I like what I actually like what New York is doing over there. So we'll see. Out. But, I mean, right now he's going – as wide receiver 47 in, in redraft PPR. Um, I don't know if that's going to end up going up or down because it doesn't seem like, you know, a lot of people are talking about him, but like I said, he was wide receiver 30 last year and that was alongside AJ Brown in a run heavy system. So, you know, at wide receiver 47, I think it's all upside. I absolutely agree. I remember doing a preseason show with uh, Bob from Bob's three toed warriors and he brought up Corey Davis last season and we kind of made fun of him. We're like, well, you sure you sure are a podcaster now because every podcaster needs to be in love with Corey Davis at least <laughs> once in their life, and he took that during last season. But uh, yeah, very interesting what's going on with the Jets. Uh, it seems it seems so funny to me that like getting rid of Sam Darnold, they're like, oh, this offense is going to be great. Sam Darnold's gone, but at the same point, now that Sam Darnold is somewhere else, everyone's saying, oh, guys, give Sam Darnold a chance. He wasn't that bad. So <laughs> it's either the organization or it's not. But I will tell you what. Spoiler alert. Jeremy took a jet wide receiver too. So I think there's something else in the, uh, in the brew here for tonight, Jeremy. I, you know, it's just the jets, you know, I, I, I like the Corey Davis call too. I mean, I, I like Corey Davis, but for me, I'm going with Denzel Mims. I, 
love Denzel Mims. I have loved Denzel Mims since he came out last year. I think he got an unfair shake. I mean, he had a hamstring injury early, and then I believe he re-aggravated it. He just never really got healthy. This is a guy that on film looked very kind of a little bit slow last year, and he's not a slow guy. I mean, he ran a 4-3-8-40, um, and he just all his metrics coming out of college were upper 90 percentile. I mean, he had a 115 speed score, which is 96, the 130 burst score, which was in the 90th. He had he has a 10.3 catch radius, which is 95th percentile. Like he had a 42 percent college dominator rating. Everything were good signs pointing to Denzel Mims coming into the NFL and his player comp on player profilers, Chris Godwin and to me, if you actually look at their careers, they kind of seem to line up a little bit. I mean, Godwin only produced 500 yards in his rookie season. Corey Day- or Denzel Mims was right there. And I don't know if he's going to have a full-on breakout this year, but I do think that the San Francisco of the East offense, that I'm going to call it, because they're bringing over that, that scheme to an extent, you're going to see that they use one to two wide receivers fairly regularly you got like a 19 percent target share and a 37 percent target share so if they keep that somewhat similar i think you're going to see Corey davis and denzel mims as like a one two and i think elijah moore is going to cover the slot who they brought in but they do throw the ball a decent amount i mean they had like a 57 percent pass ratio so it's not like they're full-on run heavy in san francisco and this one might be a little bit different so i'm just going off of what san francisco ran kind of using that to an extent of what I think their offense is going to look like. Um, but I just like what Mims brings to the field. I think that he got an unfair shake, like I said, with those injuries and obviously playing underneath Adam Gase. We've all seen that, the whole storyline. Um, but I also just think it was Darnold. I think Darnold really liked Jamison Crowder. And I think that line, it was not great. Darnold didn't have time. And Mims is kind of a field stretcher. You know, I mean, his average, I think, was up in the 12s for yards per yeah. reception. So in the NFL, the make a throw at 12 yards or 13 yards. I mean, Darnold had barely any time to make a five yard throw to Jamison Crowder. He was <laughs> on the run. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm still a, in a on lot has Mims. changed that. That's kind of yeah. the moral of the story with the jets. A lot has changed. And I love the comment. Um, it's Adam Gase and Gase alone. I don't think I agree with that completely. Um, Adam Gase wasn't the one seeing ghosts on the field during last season, but it is what it is. The Patriots um, will do that to you. When we look at these running backs, <laughs> I see what you see about San Francisco. I mean, Tevin Coleman is there, but you got a uh, Michael P. Ryan, Michael Carter, who for me is a player I really want to get into this offseason. Um, they also have Ty Johnson. Remember, he was a thing for a minute. But when I see this team, man, Zach Wilson, they're, they're just going to work him out. Jets are not a win now team. And I think they might just run games like a scrimmage. Like, hey, l- you know, yo, check your reads. Hey, throw to Corey Davis, Mims, Crowder. Um, Elijah Moore, like you just said, Keelan Cole is still there. Um, so you definitely got guys who can catch the ball. And I, I think, Hey, you got a young quarterback. You, you got rid of Adam Gase. Why not just run every game? Like it's a practice. You got nothing better to lose, you know, get a look at everyone on your team. Get a look at Mims, get a look at Davis, get a look at Zach Wilson, and then build for the future. Yeah. The other thing I was going to throw in that, uh, Jeremy made a great point was, that San Francisco, like he said, they threw 57% of the time. And that was with a team that's to be better than what the Jets are going to be. So the Jets are probably going to be trailing more often than, than the Niners have over the past couple of years. So I'd expect that that 57% to be kind of a, a floor baseline and wouldn't be surprised if it pushes 60, 63% in that range for, for a pass rate. So I, I, cause I, I love the Mims pick as well. So, you know, it's kind of just taking your shots on the upside because we don't know what's going to happen between them. 
Yeah, and I mean, Mims is going at wide receiver 53. And in comparison, Brandon Ayuk is wide receiver 17. And I'm using that as a comparison, again, with that San Francisco drawback, because like I feel like they're similar. You know what I mean? They're going to play a similar role in each particular offense. You know what I mean? I feel like Mims has that big playability that Ayuk has. It's just whether or not he's going to produce from that. And I just, the upside at wide receiver 53 is just crazy for me that in dynasty start in dynasty ADP, I'm not sure what the redraft ADP is on that for sure. I don't know if CH was mentioned yet. Yes, Steve, you got to rewind, man. This is, this is my co-host. He, <laughs> he, he was running late today and he, he couldn't prepare for today's show. That was the first one, Steve. Go back and listen. Go back and uh, watch. I, I, I talked for Clyde Edwards for the first 15 minutes of a 25-minute show. Um, we definitely <laughs> hit did. on that. It's that true. is a great value. <laughs> Clyde is. Okay, guys, crazy. before we head out, I think it's been a good show. We, we definitely brought up some, some great fantasy buys and some guys who weren't being talked about. We talked about them. Maybe they'll have their ears ringing tonight because we went over this show. But before we head out of here, Rob Norton, let us know where we can find you. Yeah, you can check me out on Twitter at Norton0723. Um, you know, as as the season starts getting closer and closer, I'll start putting out more more work and uh, more content. So be on the lookout for that. Awesome. And uh, Jeremy, apparently you sound like Brian Posen. All right. I'm going to I don't know if I'm going to age myself or just prove that I have no life other than fantasy football, but I don't know who that is. So I will yes, look it up you after do. the show. Hold on. I, I really don't. Me, uh... I won't let you. Uh, I won't let you take the fall because I'll, I'll be there with you. <laughs> I, I can actually share you. my screen. I just pulled it up right now. <laughs> let me see if I can pull it up. Uh, window. There we go. Yeah, we're, we're gonna That's him. Brian Posen. Uh, the, the oh, okay, okay. Oh. I don't think that was a compliment. I don't think it was either. <laughs> I don't know for sure though. <laughs> I don't know either. I'm gonna have to find out. I'll have to watch some. Maybe some comedy. I'll watch it. I always love a good stand-up comedy. But anyways, you can find me on Twitter, <laughs> not at Brian Paulson, but you can find me at FFH. <laughs> Um, on there, you can find some of my writing over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, um, also at Yards Per. But on Twitter, as the season comes out, I'm kind of rolling out some like fantasy outlook type threads right now. I do still have a pinned tweet on my rookie threads. It kind of broke down, gave you a little bit of some film on there and some anal- uh, analysis of what I kind of saw on it. Um, that's pinned to my tweet. Um, so if you want to check that out in case you have any questions about rookie drafts, feel free to DM me. I'm always try to answer in a reasonable amount of time so absolutely i love those pre-draft uh threads you guys were throwing out there a lot of great stuff a lot of great content on the twitter that's really the best place you can find any of us you can find me at i80 underscore sports id sports you can go to idsports.com all our links are right there youtube.com backslash i80 sports gentlemen thank you so much for joining us tonight and thank you everyone out there for watching id sports